Radio, and welcome to NXT Talk, the show where we chat about all things NXT. We're your hosts, I'm Boris, and as always, I am joined by Matt. Bonjour. How's everybody doing out there? We hope you're doing well. If you're in Toronto, we hope you're staying warm and indoors. There's a word of storms of brewing boris in toronto another winter storm might hit right now there's a lovely snowfall i was just walking outside doing a couple errands getting some coffee for the household and uh it's actually lovely outside right now but apparently uh shit's about to go down in yeah toronto you're right apparently it's supposed to get really bad here freezing rain later at night right now it's snowing we can get up to 15 centimeters apparently here in the city you never know what that means right just because we have the opposite lake effect as Buffalo, where the lake actually helps us as opposed to hinders us, just like Jinder was last night ah. on NXT TV. Brought it back oh, together. Oh. Bam! That's what we do here on the NXT Talk podcast. Yes, Jinder Mahal versus Braun Breaker, son of a Steiner in the main event. We're also going to talk about some level up and some uh, actual WWE main event, the television show, because lots of NXT representation. Level up next week, too. I read the spoilers. Axiom and Saul Ruka. So I got to watch that one, too. So it's going to be back to back weeks for level up on this pod. I'm actually pretty stoked to see what Saul Ruka does. Yeah, versus uh, uh, who is it? Uh, Valerie Lureda. I forget her new name, but that's who she faced. And she's like a former MMA fighter who actually has a ton of potential. So that's a, that's a really cool matchup. Yeah, that's very cool. Very cool. Lola yeah. Vice. Lola Vice is her new name. Sol Ruka versus Lola Vice. That's next week, though. It's so funny because like when you were saying that, I'm like, I remember the name, and it sounds like a hardcore porn name. <laughs> Oh my god! It's it true, definitely sounds, It really does. It, 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 it maybe it's just like the Lola Bunny or something, but it feels like a furry porn star to me. Lola Vice, <laughs> Lola Bunny. <laughs> no, it's true. Like that's the thing. Like uh, yeah, it's just it's so freaking freaking funny. That's what, but I didn't want to say anything until we knew the name for sure, because uh, that could just be like you know in my dreams. But I know I read that <laughs> it somewhere. Just could be something that you googled uh, the other night. Anyway, Boris, shall we talk about pro wrestling? How are you doing? today big homie i'm doing all right man just uh craziness this week honestly as you know it's been absolutely non-stop with my day job uh literally been working from like 6 a.m until like 8 p.m and then usually have other stuff to do whether it be snme or slam um yeah it's just been crazy and probably another week of this uh stuff going on at work very good stuff uh, i'm gonna wait to talk about it just because literally the news is just going out right now legally i want to make sure that i'm good uh but nothing but good news there uh and uh yeah man it's just it's just crazy how are you what's going on in the life of the mat oh i'm pretty well i got a couple days off which is uh welcome i was working hard yesterday we were off for uh, family day right so at the store we're always way behind usually on an average day we'll ship out 80 packages maybe 100 ish now because we're getting we're getting a little more popular and it's busy season so let's say on average between 80 and 100 we shipped out 260 packages and a lot of that is me just packing boxes just going as hard as i can all day so i worked very very hard it was a lot of fun uh get a podcast going get a rhythm going and i'm just i'm in my zone you know what i mean the day goes quick and i get some money out of it so hey life is good uh and now i'm off for a couple days to recuperate and i guess stay inside big homie yeah no i'm just thinking hmm my stairs gotta make sure that they get at least salted oh 
Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a really good call. Yeah, I can actually probably do that for you. Yeah, just, just head down, if, throw just throw some salt, yeah. a little a little sprinkly, a little, a little sprinkly. sprinkly on yeah, the stage. Exactly. So. All right, man. Um, there was something else I wanted to talk about, but I forget what it was. Um, oh yeah, it's so funny. I was look like yesterday at work. Uh, we have this uh, troubling customer who just like. They, they they're one of those customers, right? Who, who and this happens a lot in tech and 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 especially consulting, uh, where customers are spending money to talk to you, right? Um, they forget that you have other customers. So myself and the my colleague, we're like looking up nice ways to say fuck off in an email. <laughs> I might have nice. to use these for many reasons soon. So here's 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 one I like. I do desire we may be better strangers. I do desire we may be better strangers. But that seems too over the top. That seems too, like, a douche. Grammatically, it doesn't, yeah, there's something off with the syntax there. Like, something about that sentence doesn't seem correct to me. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, please Feels remove like it was yourself. By- please remove yourself from my presence. <laughs> these are way more aggressive than passive-aggressive, even, yeah. or passive at all. Feels exactly. like these were written by by AI and an angry one. An That's angry, literally what an I'm angry thinking. Angry man prompted this AI. That's literally what I'm thinking. Just go be you somewhere other than here. <laughs> That's just that's just rude. That one is actually openly hostile. I feel yeah. like like telling someone to go f off. I don't want to deal with you. I am gonna try this on ChatGPT. I do have um a uh, uh it's it's closed right now. Too many p pe- too many essays probably. It's like ChatGPT right now. That you when you log on, it literally says it's at capacity right now. Wow. Yeah. Oh, I, I see. I, I was actually more scared about AI. I just listened to a podcast before we started plain English with Derek Thompson, the latest episode. I uh, I recommend it if you're scared about where AI is going, because it actually made me feel much better. Um, basically, the concept of sandwiching w- with AI, which uh, in a nutshell is it's not just the AI that's important. What's important is not only the prompt before the AI to set up what AI gives you. Yep. But the interpretation and the editing of the AI afterwards. So really what it's saying is the AI is just the filling. It's up to you to to make the sandwich and make it make sense at all, right? Yeah. And that's that's, that's where that's where the human touch actually matters and where AI actually is probably not just gonna take everything over, but enhance and help us. In nefarious hands, right? AI will and can be used as something bad, right? If you know, if if you're looking to build a new search engine to dethrone Google, right? Like it, it really depends what the input of the of what you're getting out is, right? And how you manipulate that data, because it's all just data. It's all random. It's just a huge ass database that goes very fast, um, and 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 and, and interprets things based on the input, right? So you know, it's kind of funny because like everyone always goes to the negative of stuff, uh, especially with technology. Within reason, with good reason, I should say. Uh, you know, everyone's watched Terminator, everyone watched Matrix, yeah. everyone watched things like that, right? So that's like the first go-to. Um, but the industry that I'm in, we work with AI quite a bit uh, for chat boxes and stuff like that. Like, okay, so yes, AI could be used for bad stuff. AI will more than likely, I don't want to say replace, but used as a as as step level one of support and stuff like that, right? 
Exactly. Um, the way uh, that it was explained on this podcast, which I, I do think there's a lot of wisdom, it might go this way, is that the, the basic jobs that can be automated will be, but yeah. certain jobs which require human, not just interaction, but uh, it just like split second decisions that AI can't uh necessarily give you the example that they used was a kindergarten teacher there's not really a way to automate being a kindergarten teacher that's behavior that's one-on-one -on -one, that's human interaction and on top of that if we're if you're talking about content creators and stuff there is some value to the human experience it's the same with sports there's a reason why we're not just watching robots play basketball or football because that's not as interesting as watching human beings do it and it's the same with like podcasts or stand-up comedy or acting or whatever there is a certain level of like as human beings you want to see human beings do it you know what i mean so while while there is some worry that like i don't know you can you can make your own dave Meltzer podcast saying whatever you want dave Meltzer to say in like two weeks probably or two years or wherever it is like we're not far away from being able to generate our own content you know on, on some degree yep. so it's tough it's, it's it's really weird to see where this is going but i do think the human experience at the end will win out yep. in, in, in a lot of ways a lot of jobs kindergarten teacher is a great example of a job that cannot possibly be on, on automated exactly or or nurse or something like that right um yeah what's what's funny so on the it's canon podcast this is actually a topic that we're we're so close to talking about but we're kind of doing more research uh looking into things and uh yeah so that's going to be a featured episode in the next few weeks uh you can find that on the patreon network here on snme amazing amazing man yeah i'm very excited i can't wait to uh check that pod out i'd like to yeah it's something i need to read more about and stuff because i've generally been avoiding it honestly because i've kind of been scared and i listened to this podcast like okay i'll start to deep dive into it and it was actually quite encouraging and hopeful and it gave me gave me hope for the future for once in this fucking bleak world anyway well, speaking of the future the thing, right <laughs> like it comes down to you having to do research right like i think exactly just take a step back do some reading and blah 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 but that's how the world works all right there we go so I think it's time. I think we've talked enough uh, outside stuff. Want to chat some wrestling? Yeah, man. Let's get into it. Let's talk. Let's talk the future of WWE here, represented in NXT and uh, main event, the main event show pre-Raw. We have Braun Breaker showing up and Wendy Chu showing up, and both getting W's, Boris, over some main roster talent. Yeah, that's interesting. I like that. I like seeing that. Uh, you know, uh, all right, let's talk the results. Yes, sir. Yeah, the rare wins. Uh, Wendy Chu actually has, this is her second win on main event, which is notable because usually these people come up on main event, Trick Williams, even uh, Mello, Joe Gacy, and they usually lose. But yeah, so Wendy Chu defeated Dana Brooke. This was the full... Wow. <laughs> yeah, okay, fair, fair. <laughs> I understand. I understand what you're saying. But Dana Brooke is technically a main roster a superstar, Boris. And she was vanquished, defeated, pinned in the middle of the ring by Wendy Chu. This was the full Wendy Chu gimmick experience. She was sleeping on her pillow. She was rolling away slowly like Orange Cassidy. She offered Dana Brooke some of her uh, random beverage. Uh, she won via a pillow tug of war. 
which she gave up on the pillow. She threw it up in the air, which caused Dana Brooke to land on her arse. And then Wendy Chu rolled her up for the pillow-assisted victory in this match. So not a five-star Meltzer classic, not something you need to see. But Wendy Chu doing her full gimmick and getting a win on main event. How is the... I know this is hard to gauge, especially the way that WWE mixes their their sound. How did the crowd sound to Wendy Chu's... Yeah. Wendy Chusnesses. Right. So uh, you, you can tell the crowd was uh, heavily sweetened. There were a couple people who were digging it. You could see some some people in the front row and some people uh, throughout the crowd actually digging the act. But yeah, by and large, it was a lot of people going, what is this? <laughs> like, I, I, yeah, I don't think it landed very well with the main with the with the live crowd on this night. Okay, the cool. main roster crowd. Yeah. yeah, and they were in Brooklyn, I believe, for this episode. So that's kind of telling. It's a it's a crowd of people who are more likely to watch NXT. I think. Yes, I would yeah. agree. Yeah, a hipper, uh, hipper fan, a hipster in Brooklyn. Fan. All the hipsters, the Ossington Street of New York. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, yes, and uh, Braun Breaker defeats Akira Tozawa. Good match. Uh, you, I mean, not the best you've ever seen, but straightforward, hard-hitting. I like Braun Breaker. Tozawa made him look like a million bucks. At one point, Tozawa got control, hit him with a couple impressive moves, hits a nice drop kick off the top rope. Braun kicks out at one, and, and he launches Tozawa, and Tozawa goes flying. Like, Akira Tozawa was trying everything he could to make this guy look like a star, and he succeeded. Braun Breaker wins with his Goldberg-esque press slam into a power slam thing very very cool um how was the crowd reaction for for breaker they liked breaker they it seemed like they they appreciated like they he wore the nxt title out and it seemed like the crowd was like okay we've we've at least heard of this guy he's been on raw once or twice and like this this is going to be interesting he should win this match they, they they treated it like a bigger deal than wendy chu for sure and yeah it was nice to see braun breaker with the nxt title and the pink numbers singlet Alha papa rick steiner that's very cool very cool that that's a nice little sweet story for nxt i'm really digging uh main event and what main event has turned into over the past several months yeah, it's, it's basically just NXT wrestler versus main roster wrestler. Uh, sometimes they deviate from it, but it, of your average 10 main event episodes, eight or nine are NXT versus main roster. And it's one of those two main roster matches is Dana Brooke versus NXT woman. And then random per, uh, person, probably Ali or Tozawa versus NXT male wrestler. That's hilarious. Oh, it's it's uh, it's so funny. So we watched Level Up. This was uh this was a show, one pretty good match here, and it was the first one. Eddie Thorpe, interesting. Carl Eddie Fredericks. Thorpe. Who is Eddie, Eddie Thorpe? Thorpe? He is formerly known as Carl Fredericks, I believe, right from the New Japan Dojo. He is a. Uh, He's been seen here and there in the United States of America. He's he's a good wrestler. He's a he's a bulldog in that ring. He's kind of got some Davy Richards vibes ish to him. Yeah, I, I, that's exactly who I would compare him to. Yeah, that feels right. He's like a thicker Davy Richards. So Eddie Thorpe over Dante Chen. Uh, yeah, Thorpe looked really good in this match. I don't think he's going to be just uh, relegated to level up for very long. I think he's going to start getting some play on on NXT television because obviously he's ready. In terms of being an in-ring wrestler, he's one of the best in the performance center, right? 
Well, I think so. I think so. I think he's, yeah, like, considering his background, right? Uh, but I guess they just want to make sure he's uh, factory ready. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> well put. Uh, our second match of the evening, Zion Quinn over Obafemi. We've seen Obafemi a couple times. Obafemi, it might be. I think it was Obafemi, actually. But yeah, Zion Quinn scores a win with the Superman punch. Uh, I guess that's his finisher. I forgot so he was now a we know. thing. Yeah, he is a thing. He's still a heel. He's a handsome bad guy. That's his character. And he's got a finishing move now. Superman punch. So there you go. Crazy. Zion Quinn. I love the fact that we can pinpoint the exact second that his NXT run came to a halting dancing end. Oh, the Zion Quinn, Robert Stone, sing and dance fucking song off. That was the worst thing we have ever covered on a podcast. Oh, my God. That was atrocious. That haunts my nightmares. (laughs) I love it. Uh, our main event of the most recent Level Up episode, Ivy Nile taps out Valentina Feroz with her behind-the-back Dragon Sleeper dealie. It's a good showing from Valentina. She's way better in the ring than she is as a promo. She just does not have a great grasp on English yet, God bless her, and you can see the wheels turning when she's cutting promos. But in the ring, she's she's way more comfortable. And this was a, this was a solid NXT Level Up main event. Much better than some I've seen. Much better than some. Very cool, very cool. Ivy Nile, um, she's she like. I wonder what the hesitation is with Nile. Like they know that they clearly trust her, they clearly like her, but she's being kept to like a certain level for some reason. I think NXT is just a little crowded now, especially on the women's division side. Yeah. They have, uh, as you mentioned, Nikita, and who who has possibly been passed by by Saul Ruka. They have Tiffany Stratton, Cora Jade, Roxanne Perez, uh, Ivy Nile, and Alba. Uh, uh, you know, Thea Hale, Lyra. The Rock's daughter, lots of people. Lyra, lots of people to uh, to pass for young Ivy, unfortunately. But I love Ivy now, man. She's dope. She's really good in that ring. Yep, very cool. That's awesome, man. That sounds like a pretty good, what, like 80 minutes of pro wrestling there? Yeah, like all things uh, total, if you're fast forwarding a lot, it's basically under an hour. It's a quick watch. Both shows combined are under an hour. NXT level up is 30 minutes and main event. You can watch both of the actual matches in 15. So, yeah, it's it's not it's not the worst, man. Not the worst little chunk of wrestling to digest. You're not going to see any five star classics, but you get some you get some uh, insight into where WWE might be going in the not too distant future. Yeah, we're going to at least watch level up next week for sure, because Saul Ruka and Axiom. My boy, Axiom. Love it. All right. So let's jump into the main NXT show. Uh, So before that, um, what did you think of this show? I liked it overall. I was I had a like a, a scary feeling in my stomach that Jinder Mahal was going to win this title. Same. There was like a little a little sneaking suspicion. So I'm very glad that Braun Breaker left as NXT champion. And uh, I liked the last two minutes of the yes. show a lot. I'm intrigued by the Grayson Waller Shawn Michaels stuff. I thought. Uh, Ely Dragunov dragged Trick Williams kicking and screaming to probably the best match on the show. So, yeah, it was all, all things considered a, a, a fun but unspectacular episode of NXT. It was very promo heavy. Yes. Yeah, big time. And big time promo. You know how I know? Actually, I, the, the, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say the tag team match was the best match on the show. I was just, just thinking back to what happened. But go ahead. Yeah. Um, what's funny, though, is, is it, I can tell that a show is promo heavy depending on how long the slam report takes to me. 
Yeah, true. So you were up to like what three, four of the board and just tapping away notes on this. Like it realistically, I started a little late. Um, so I started around eight thirty, and then I was probably done around twelve thirty. Oh dang! Yeah, that that is it. That it, it sucks when you have to. I, it doesn't suck. It's great that you have yeah. that gig with Slam Wrestling, but it's just yeah, it, it, it's annoying when they just go heavy on the talky 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 talky, and you're the one who has to summarize it. But we here will summarize it for you, the listener, in a quick and succinct and entertaining way, of course, Boris. Well, we'll try to be entertaining. All right, but before we do that, Matt, there is one last piece of business that we have to get to, and that is our rating system, the jour, because we are done with star ratings, and we like to have a little bit of fun here on NXT Talk. Uh, so, uh, what are you thinking? of this week's rating system the jor what are we going to rate each match out of well i was going to do uh jinder mahal wins for his for his Can victory but alas, yeah, that's that's, for, that's a really good point as well yeah yes i five or six wins for jinder mahal i, I don't know if we, if we could find that many so three let's just do getting, the opposite three were against randy orton <laughs> Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. True. Yeah. <laughs> that that's a great call. I'm sure he won like whatever whatever number one contender match or battle royal to get to the world title. <laughs> that's another one. Anyway, let's just do the we're gonna do the opposite gimmick with the Steiner brothers. Celebrate some of the great Steiner victories. We're going Steiners out of five on this episode to celebrate champion Braun Breaker. Big home. All right. Sounds great. All right, so the show kicks off right away uh, with Vic Joseph, Booker T on commentary, Alicia Taylor as the ring announcer. Trick Williams makes his entrance. He's got his own music. He's got a mic, and he said he was here to prove that he's more than just talk and can back up every single word he says. He said that Dragonoff can come out and wear a long robe, call himself a mad dragon, orchestrate an imaginary band, but Trick is here to beat that bum into oblivion. Uh, Ilya Dragunov comes out, he's got some new music, and my friend, we are off to the races as Ilya Dragunov went up against Trick Williams. Yes, I love Trick Williams' little promo on the way to the ring. He got the crowd laughing, and they, they got this new chant. The crowd's doing like a like a high pitch, like, whoop, that trick, when he comes out. It's uh, it's all right. It's working for him. It's like the second or third time that they've done it. It's kind of starting to catch on, this whoop, that trick chant. So Trick Williams, yet again, he gets 30 seconds to a minute on the microphone every week, and he always knocks it out of the Park. This man is an excellent promo. Yeah. And this this guy has also learned a thing or two in the ring since we started watching him when 2.0 started. Yeah, yeah. So this was a sloppy match. It wasn't the smoothest, but it was a good wrestling match. It felt but, like a fight. That's what I liked about yes. it. Yes. It felt like a fight. Trick Williams isn't in there dancing. He he's a fighter in that ring. And that's why his matches are always going to be somewhat entertaining, at least to me, because that's the style I like. I want wrestling to seem like a simulated fight, not a choreographed dance. I'll remember that. I'll remember that sentence and I have it on tape. <laughs> <laughs> Just generally speaking, I still like the Young Bucks, too. I know, I know, I know. Just being a dick. Um, And that's the thing, right? And Ilya Dragunov, it's his style also is just like that, right? Like, he's kind of a, I'm not going to say sloppy in the sense that he hurts people. He's sloppy in the sense that he looks like he's just, you know, throws caution to the wind when he's in the ring. Yeah, he's reckless almost, but in a good way. He looks reckless. I'm sure he's hitting people hard, too, but... 
I don't know. I, I I had a lot of time for this match. I thought it was very, it was an interesting match more than it was a good match, but I was intrigued the entire time at least. And Ilya Dragunov got uh, quite a bit of offense. Like, he got a lot more than I thought he would. But I guess the story they were going with was Ilya Dragunov is the full-time, like, he's been a wrestler for a long time. Trick Williams is still learning the ropes, right? So uh, I guess that's kind of what they were going with. And in the middle of the match, J.D. McDonough comes down. He joins the commentary. Uh, Trick and Ilya, um, Trick hat Ilya. In a cravat back and from the break, Ilya escapes. They start hitting elbows. He gets a more back and forth. Ilya constantly trips Trick a lot. Ilya hits him with an enziguri. Uh, Ilya then reverses a cyclone kick into a power bomb. Trick kicked out of a pin, but Ilya followed that up with a basement forearm. Trick tried to escape, but Ilya hit him with a deadlift German suplex. He then preps himself and hits him with a torpedo Moscow for the win in 13 minutes, 5 seconds. Very fun match, very good match. Best match of Trick Williams' career uh, and a pretty damn good outing for Ilya Dragunov in my opinion. I think so, man. I, I really don't have much else to add. What's the better Trick Williams match? You know, obviously Williams versus Dragunov, 13 minutes on NXT. I think that's safely his best match to date. Good stuff overall. Three Rick Steiners out of five. Papa of Braun Breaker for this one. We see a Jinder Mahal promo. Uh, Jinder's hyping his match against Braun Breaker. He talks about how Braun Breaker lost the title to Dolph Ziggler before Stand and Deliver, and Jinder is about to do the same this year. Jinder talked about how he's the master of shocking victories, the most famous being his victory against your boy, Randy Orton, uh, Jinder said he's going to be the new NXT champion. Oh, man. Jinder versus Randy. A heartbreaker for the ages. Yeah, so Jinder Mahal coming for that title. Boy, I'm glad it didn't actually happen. Right? Fallon Henley was in the back. She's trying to call Brooks Jensen to apologize over the Valentine's Day snafu. Brooks won't answer. Josh Briggs shows up to chat with Fallon. Briggs said he's just trying to keep the team together. Briggs talked about how Fallon needs to own up uh, that she's screwed up. Good luck trying to do that, my friend. Uh, Fallon said Briggs is right, and she needs to apologize to Kiana James, too. Briggs told Fallon to call her. Fallon said she's going to do this in person. So, yeah, Fallon just continuing to bug Briggs Jensen or Brooks Jensen. Uh, this is, this is uh, I don't know about this beat in this story. I'm glad that the story has finally progressed. But, yeah, I'm kind of ready for this thing to let's let's wrap it up here. Yep. And I'm afraid where they're going to go with this story. But we'll, more on that a little later. More on that in a second. Yes. All right. I really enjoyed this next uh, video package, and that's we see Miko Satamora holding a training session for a bunch of unnamed uh, NXT wrestlers. Roxanne Perez ran in last minute to ask if she could join the training session. Uh, Miko said she could. They ran through various exercises where everyone other than Roxanne Perez got gassed out. After some squats and after everyone else left, Perez gave Miko an arigato for good training. Uh, Perez was about to leave, but Miko told her to turn back because that was just the warm-up. We then get a to-be-continued graphic. Yeah, again... I understand people criticizing this, saying, like, Roxanne is way too, 
I don't know. She she's not coming off as a champion. She's way too much of a geek, for lack of a better term here, sucking up to the veteran. Yeah. I like this. I like that. I you don't usually see a champion showing this level of respect. Go ahead. That's exactly it. Yes, Roxanne Perez is NXT champion. She is the developmental champion. Miko Satamora, living legend. Why wouldn't Roxanne Perez want to be in a training session with a living legend? Absolutely. Positively agree. This is a babyface versus babyface build. And this is what they're doing with Roxanne Perez. It's what they've been doing this whole time. You know what's funny? Uh, I've, I've seen almost universal praise for Roxanne Perez. You know who doesn't like Roxanne Perez? My roommate Fleetwood, who I re- re- uh, reference from time to time on this podcast, Boris. Fleetwood fucking hates Roxanne Perez. Why? He's over it. Because he just like, he, it's just too cheesy. It's just too corny, too babyface, over-the-top hokey for him. He's like, I get it. She plays video games. She's, she's the hardest working, just like out-training everyone. He just like rolls his eyes. He's just like, more as a joke, he's like Team Cora Jade. You know, he wants like Cora Jade to come out and beat her up with the kendo stick all the time oh that's hilarious that's actually one of the funniest things i've heard all right (laughs) tyler Bate makes his entrance in street clothes he found a green sweater as opposed to that weird chef shirt that we usually see him Bate introduced himself he said uh the welcomes he's received since moving to the u.s has invigorated him he talked about how he's beaten axiom Grayson Waller, but he lost to Braun Breaker. He said he's about to embark on a mystical journey with the NXT fans. Uh, that's when Joe Gacy and the rest of the schism make their entrance. I'm going to put a pen, uh, pin on that one. What do you think of the new, or not the new, but the new again, Zen Master Tyler Bate we're getting? I like, yeah, I like Zen Master, well-spoken, intelligent Tyler Bate. This promo was awkward though. It right. seemed like he was pro- he it seemed like he was prompting the schism to show up and they didn't. He had to like repeat his final line a couple of times. And it, yeah, and also the crowd which has been decent for the most part recently in NXT was terrible on this show. The crowd right? was awful. It might it might have just been like three or four assholes ruining it for everyone, but they there's this in this promo in particular, they absolutely ruined it. Like two or three guys were chanting like we want Waller and like two or three guys were chanting no we don't yep. loudly and completely ruining Tyler Bates' flow and just absolutely drowning out this promo for the first half of it. So, yeah, the crowd ruined this. Specifically, like, six guys in the crowd ruined this. Yeah, but that's, you know, that's typical NXT, right? Like, how many times did the the Full sale crowd ruin segments? Uh, yeah, it's true. From time to time, the Full sale crowd was very annoying. I found this, like, performance center crowd... To be much worse for the most part, although they have been figuring it out since 2.0. This this week though was bad. This was yep. a this was a 2.0 crowd. They didn't give a shit about much, and they were just in it for themselves. Yeah, it's honestly I feel like now that NXT people probably found out that NXT tickets are free. All you need to do is go sign up, and you get tickets, right? So I felt like they had a bunch of bros there, like Ed Hardy wearing like just bros. Yeah. Maybe that's what it is. I I thought I I had thought though that it was supposed to be friends and family. But if they are opening it up more to the public, then th- this is going to happen more and more, especially if it's free. No, no, it's it's been free for since two point Well, yeah, no, but I thought I, no, I, like I, maybe it was you just can sign the up. Pandemic. All you have to do is go on their Facebook group and you can get tickets. 
well, shall we sign up and just absolutely ruin one of these shows just to be cool? <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> okay, very good. Joe said he can't help but think that he and Tyler are kindred spirits because they are forward thinkers. Bates said he's not going to drink whatever concoction he's fed to his schism mates. Joe said Tyler was right about going on a journey, but you have to surround yourself with the right people. Joe Gacy and Ava Rain tried to sell bait on joining the schism. Uh, thankfully, Andre Chase, Duke Hudson, Thea Hale ran out to chase off the schism. I will repeat that to chase off oh, the schism. Oh, ho. Yeah, setting up a tag team based contest, the Dyad versus Chase University. Uh, I, I have a point that I would like to say about Andre Chase here. I, let, let, let's do it right now. So, Ricochet. Uh, is just so effortless, so just just buttery smooth in that professional <laughs> wrestling ring, right? Pac is another on. one. The man, the man who gravity forgot. Yes, go on, Bars. I will say this before you continue. You were right. <laughs> I was wrong. <laughs> no, I forgot. I forgot about that the other week. But it is so funny. Like, yeah. So Ricochet is like one end of the spectrum, right? Like <laughs> the smoothest, most athletic. Just effortless guy in the ring. I think Andre Chase might be the uh, the absolute other end of that spectrum. He's still athletic. He's still a good wrestler, but everything he does looks like it's it's just a little a little off, just a little uh, a cattywampus, just a little off kilter. And it looks like he's working really hard. Like we were saying about Valentina Feroz, you could see the gears turning. It's like you could always see the gears turning in Andre Chase's head. He has to work very hard to be a good wrestler, and he does. And that's why I love Andre. Chase. I think I finally figured out like he is he's it's not that he's not athletic, but he's got the CM Punk athleticism. He's very clumsy. He dare I say it's like watching Gumby wrestle. <laughs> he's definitely got some Gumby to him. He's got some flaily gangliness to him. Yeah. The wacky waving inflatable arm flailing chase you. <laughs> we may yeah, that that's it's yeah, you're you're hundred percent right. All right. <laughs> So this match was a lot of fun. This match, you know, Duke Hudson, I always liked Duke, but he really seems to be just 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 going out there and doing great right now. He's a, he's improving. His like uh springboard into the ring German suplex move is a really really good move and whatever dyad man he hit it on made it look like a trillion dollars in this match. He's got a lot of fire this Duke Hudson and he's the end. Here's a story that has finally progressed here on NXT after this match. Yeah. Chase hits Fowler with a triangle. Moonsaw Chase hits Reed with a high fly flow for a two count. Uh, he then hits uh, Chase you. Okay. Chase hits Reed with a Russian leg sweep. We got a few Chase you boots on Reed. Uh, he goes to check on Hale when Ava Rain showed up uh, around her. Hudson tagged in. Uh, hits Reed with a German suplex. Hudson got a bit distracted when Chase was at ringside checking on Hale. Fowler hit Hudson with a nasty-looking throat punch, and then the dyad hit Hudson with a double code breaker for the win in nine minutes, two seconds. Yeah, so shorter than the first match, but better. All things considered, I do think this was the best match on the show. Again, Chase, Andre Chase and the Chase University Act, uh, they make me laugh. It's a lot of fun. So I think we got to include the uh, the little last bit here before I rate it, but this was a very good match in the wrestling ring. 
Yep, Hudson, uh, so after the schism left, Hudson is in the ring along with Chase and Thea. Hudson's yelling at Chase that he needs to let Hale grow up. Hudson asks if this is a university or a charity. Hudson leaves in anger. Hale's crying, saying it's all her fault. Well, she actually, she said it's not her fault. I, and I think that's an important distinction because I was kind of disturbed. Like, it was like... It's a fake wrestling show, but she was like really acting. It was like a little too much, like her crying and saying it's not my fault. It was just like, oh yeah, she was kidnapped. <laughs> like that's the story here. This girl was kidnapped, and then Duke Hudson walked out on them because he's mad that she's being coddled, and she's sitting here crying in the ring saying it's not my fault. It's just like, hmm, I don't know. I don't. I don't know if they should have added that kidnapping beat to this storyline because Duke Hudson had a point all up until this was based around an actual kidnapping. Anyway, there's so many kidnappings in NXT. I guess we're just supposed to forget that, Boris. That uh, little bit notwithstanding, uh, I don't know. Duke Hudson looked great in this match. Everyone looked really good. Best match on the show. Three and a half Steiner brothers out of five for this tag team encounter. All right. In the locker room, Mr. Stone asks Von Wagner if he's made his decision. Wagner said he's here to kick ass and take names. Stone mocked Wagner for being unoriginal, says the guy who says, help me help you. Tony D'Angelo and Stax <laughs> uh, show up for stealing his title shot, and they're angry at him. Wagner threw in the uh, the De Niro, you talk to me line. Tony challenged Von to a match. Von was about to accept, but he respectfully declined after Stone coached him. Tony and Stax mocked Wagner for having Stone make his decisions. This got Von Wagner fired up, caused him to accept the challenge. Stone yelled at Wagner, saying he's playing into their hands. Uh, Von Wagner tells him to shut up. Wagner and Stone at odds here. So, yeah, this, uh, this Von Wagner, he just won't listen. He just won't listen to reason. Possibly because that reason is all from the 1996 movie Jerry Maguire. I will say that the constant ripping off and using taglines in their promos between Stone and Wagner is making me laugh. <laughs> I mean, it's something. It definitely fits Robert Stone and his wacky gimmick and persona. Like I said, man, just put this guy back in the ring. He was Robbie E. in TNA. He was decent. Just throw him back in the ring at this point. Why not? I, I'm ready for Robert Stone versus Von Wagner. I can honestly see that's where this is heading. Is Von, Von Wagner is going to go on a huge losing streak, and he's going to say, well, if you can do better, go ahead. And then actually he might win a match or two, Robert yes. Stone. Hmm. And then he's going to win a match or two. Von Wagner is going to get jealous, going to beat him up, sets up a match, stand and deliver, boom, bam, delivered. Wow. There you go, Boris. Fantasy book, a main event in any arena in this great nation. Or opening match of a... Anyways. The yeah, hardest... opening, yeah, opening match in an armory somewhere. <laughs> the hardest working reporter in all of professional wrestling, Mackenzie Mitchell, is with Drew Gulak and Charlie Dempsey. Uh, she asks Gulak why he turned his back on a friend in Hank Walker. Gulak said Walker isn't a friend, but just a student asking for help. Gulak said Walker is a nice guy, uh, but he said Walker isn't ruthless. Ruthless is more Charlie Dempsey. They walk out together. But yes, it looks like uh, Hank Walker is going to have to find him a partner to face these guys. Yep. 
Sol Rukas gets another promo. She said she likes the waves because every wave is different. She talks about how everyone in the NXT women's division is different. Ruka talks about sucking at first when she tries something new, but she feels good when she makes it work. Ruka was shown perfecting a kickflip from a handstand on a skateboard. She said she's looking forward to getting back in the ring with Zoe Stark. Interesting. Also sets up a natural feud with Cora Jade, woman who can't actually skateboard versus Saul Ruka, such a good athlete who she just does head she just does handstand skateboard tricks just for funsies. Yep. All right. The next match was JC Jane versus Indy Hartwell. This match went only five minutes. I'll just quickly go through this one. You can add uh add your thoughts right after. So this match saw Hartwell um you know, trying to come back a little bit. She gets some lariats. Jane then gets a neck breaker and a senton. Hartwell escapes uh, and rallies with some right hands after a lock. Hartwell hit Jane with a spine buster for a two count. Um, Jane turned the tables, tossed Hartwell into the corner. Jane hits Hartwell with a cannonball. Jane gave Hartwell a kiss on the head and then smashed her head into the second rope with a boot. Jane lifted Indy for a second boot, but Gigi Dolan runs in, gets the DQ. JC Jane wins by DQ in five minutes. After the match, Dolan is beating up Jane. She tosses Jane into the barricades. Dolan chases Jane into the back, and the peasants rejoice. Gigi, Gigi versus uh, JC, that's got to be coming up. I'm assuming they're going to save it for stand and deliver. Do you think they're going to give us this match at Roadblock, boss? I can see them giving us some... some. I can see them advertising the match at Roadblock and something stupid happening or JC Jane getting a stupid win uh, to further the feud. Yeah, maybe weapon-based match at Stand and Deliver. I can see that for sure. So, yeah, Gigi Dolan is a babyface. We're coming back like Marty Jannetty that one time. This match was not very good at all. Uh, I did not have a lot of time of it for it. We're going to go two big Papa Pumps out of five, and that's being generous. You know, I uh, I respect the effort with JC Jane. She's trying to be a good heel. She got a new finishing move, a running boot in the corner, similar to the Zack Ryder kick, but not quite the same. But yeah, no, I don't know. I don't know about JC. I don't know about Indy. Of all the people that were involved, I think Gigi has the most potential. I just would push her. <laughs> Miko Satamora and Roxanne Perez are still training. Perez wondered why they were training so hard before their match at Roadblock. Miko said they don't talk. They train. Train, we get a training montage uh, with a focus on lockups, roundhouse kicks, etc., etc. Miko gave Perez praise when she shoved, uh, when she shoved, uh, when she was shoved by a shoulder tackle. Miko said, "When they face each other in two weeks, Perez's strength is going to have to come from the heart and mind, not from the muscles." Yes, and that is looking like our main event of Roadblock, which will be on March seventh, NXT. Man, that's going to be a really good match. Roxanne and Miko, if they give them 15, 20 minutes, that could that could contend for a spot on our list at the end of the year even. Miko is an incredible wrestler. Agreed. Agreed. Really looking forward to that. Uh, the hardest working reporter in all of professional wrestling, Mackenzie Mitchells, was Zoe Stark. They're talking about Sol Ruka's promo. Stark said Perez can... Uh, Ruka can stay at the beach and that she's done with her. Stark then complained about Miko taking shortcuts to get the title. Stark said if she meets Miko, she's going to show her who the real final boss is. 
So that sets up Miko versus Zoe Stark next week. All right. Let's do it. Yep. Exactly. All right. Uh, let us get to the next match, which was the NXT Tag Team Champions, Gallus, Mark Coffey, and Wolfgang versus Idris Anofi and Malik Blade in a non-title match. Man, uh, Idris and Malik Blade, they're incredibly athletic, but they're very sloppy. They're on the Andre Chase scale. Like they, I don't think a single move in this match was hit cleanly by them. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. oh, man. Booker T was even calling it out. Like he was like, "Oh, these kids need to slow down. They have so much potential, but they just need to slow down." Like that's it's exactly it. Like they're going a mile a minute, and in the process, they're fucking everything up. I hope that people watch back and listen to Booker T's uh, commentary and then ask him about it after the fact, right? Because it's you have. Booker T watching being forced to watch and call your match every single week, right? If if I think if one of the few people who have uh you know have a successful program and training regiment, it's Booker, right? So if there's anyone that you want to get some tips from, it's him. Uh, and he's not just trolling out there. I think no. that was excellent veteran advice to these kids. I not that I'm a pro wrestling veteran, but just as a viewer, I would 1 million percent agree with what he said. Yep. All right. Throughout the match, we saw two random guys in pink with a with a cake. They rolled a cake to ringside. We see some more Inofi and uh, Blade waffing in the air. Inofi hits Wolfgang with a top rope cannonball. Later on in the match, uh, Mark regained control by hitting Blade with an axe handle to the chest. Gallus hit Blade with a power slam shoulder tackle finisher to win the match in three minutes, 40 seconds. The two uh, messenger boys told Gallus that the cake was in celebration of Gallus losing the NXT UK tag team titles to Pretty Deadly two years ago. Gallus shoved the cake into the faces of the two messenger boys, dumped them to ringside. Pretty Deadly shows up in awesome looking jumpsuits uh, and hit Gallus with chair shots to the back. Wilson and Prince toss both Gallus members to steel steps and they hit Wolfgang with a modified spilled milk on a st- on the steel steps. Pretty Deadly, hilarious gear and they're so good. But yeah, they showed some edge here. Powerbomb on the steel steps. You pointed out the uh, the during the match the sledge to the stomach. I also really like that. I, I we're gonna call that the Scottish hammer. Yes, Ivan Putsky wishes he had the Scottish hammer. But yeah, so like I I don't know. It's three minutes of of a match where Edris Anofe and Malik Blade were shot out of a cannon. They were bouncing around like super balls in there. I, I was entertained by the match, although it was very, very sloppy. Uh, and then this this gimmick at the end was awesome. I thought it was cool that pretty deadly for once weren't the dingbats who had cake on their faces. They literally. brought out dingbats. Yeah, literally and figuratively. They brought out idiots to end up in the cake and then pretty deadly powerbombed these goofs on on the steps and showed that they were mad they were deadly this was more deadly than pretty so yeah all things considered i think it was a win we're gonna go three 1993 wwf steiner brothers out of five for this one overall it was a win yeah agreed uh we see dabakato he said that apollo cruz has forgotten about his past Talked about how he was with Cruz when he won the IC title in SmackDown, but Cruz didn't call him over when he returned to NXT. Cato said that Cruz can't stand on his own, and he said that Cruz may have brought him into the world, but he's going to take Cruz out of it. So, 
Can we add that to the spreadsheet well, of offenses? Threat? <laughs> That's true. I guess it is a crime. I'm, I'm not going to add it. I don't know if it's spreadsheet worthy, worthy but it was uh, technically it's, he, I don't know. He threatened a murder, not, a, not, not an ass kicking. That's true. That's true. Uh, that's a, that is a death threat. That's pretty bad. <laughs> I don't know. We're, we're gonna leave that to the to the listeners. We need a we need a vote on that. Um, he's also, he brought him into this world. Is Dabakato Apollo's father? Right. That's the story. Right. Okay. <laughs> so weird. All right. Very strange. Stevie Turner checks in from her stream. She said the subject of her stream this week is Lyra Valkyria. She talked about how Lyra follows the Morgan, which is a mythical Irish lore involving crows. She said that Lyra is talented, but she's going to face Stevie Turner soon. Vic Joseph tried to get a question in as Stevie cuts her off, cuts him off. So uh, Stevie versus Lyra is actually intriguing. I like that. It just these always just crack me up. I just always think you don't let these people do this for real. Why, why is this a character on your show? Hey, uh, we have a character for you. You're going to be a Twitch streamer. Oh, cool. Can I start a Twitch account? You're fucking fired. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, what is that? What are you doing, NXT? Like, I don't get it. Yeah, it's hilarious. Also, where's Cora Jade? Weren't her and Myra supposed to have a match a few weeks ago? I think she's injured. I think she. That's my. That's my yeah. fan theory explanation. That's the. I, I. I bet you she got injured in training or or has a COVID uh, issue or something like that because that's the only explanation for her to just be removed from all relevant NXT uh, doings, happenings, goings on. You know, I, I bet you she's hurt. Tony D'Angelo was chanting stacks Lorenzo versus Von Wagner with Mister Stone. All right, so D'Angelo hit Wagner with a bunch of gut punches. Wagner got to his feet, hits D'Angelo with a big boot. Uh, Vaughn distracted himself by getting at uh, Mr. Stone's face. Trying, He's trying so hard to impress him. Are you not entertained? He might as well be asking. Uh, Mr. Stone is just sitting in a chair outside. Uh, Tony comes back, tosses Wagner into the corner. He Tony then rallies with Wagner with lariats and a belly-to-belly suplex. He plants Vaughn with a spine buster. Tony D'Angelo then hits Wagner with a pop-up scoop slam for the very, very clean win. Yeah, uh, not the best wrestling match you've ever seen. I'm impressed with Tony D'Angelo's level uh, at this point in his career. The fact that he is as good as he is is impressive. He held together a match with Vaughn Wagner, I think, which is, I mean... Godspeed to you, but it wasn't it wasn't a very good match. Yet again, another like below average, slightly below average match. We're gonna go two mama steiners out of five, Boris, for this one. Call your mother. Tell her tell her you love her. You know? Boris. Wagner and Mr. Stone continue to bicker at ringside as they leave. Kelly Kincaid enters the ring and interviews Tony and D'Angelo about their thoughts on Dijak attacking them last week. Tony said they should be talking to Stax about Stax, who could have taken his title shot, but he chose family over gold and allowed Tony to take the match. Tony said he knows ways to make Dijak disappear, but he would rather do this in the ring. Tony challenged Dijak to a jailhouse street fight. Tony said that he's going to put Dijak in solitary confinement and he's got seven days to answer. My only note, is if I was if I was writing the script, I would have had Kelly Kincaid ask, 
hey, well, there it seemed like there was a moment of hesitation. And then have Tony D say, like, ah, what's a moment of hesitation? Did you do the right thing, kid? Well, then you're on my side. Give him a big kiss and just kind of play it off. Although he knows, you know he knows there was a moment of hesitation. He just he just waves it off. I would have actually said it and reminded us. Just a, just a small little note. I actually, I, I like the promo much more than the match, to be yeah. honest. Tony D, and remember when he first came back, he wrestled the match one, cut a promo, and was just blown up and winded and could barely get through it. He barely broke a sweat in this match. He was just cutting a normal promo. So I was like, yeah, Tony D hitting that treadmill. I love this guy, man. I'm a, I'm a huge Tony D mark. Uh, I will say, as a big Tony D mark, the jailhouse street fight makes no sense. I don't get it. You're it, a criminal fighting a uh, fighting a Terminator who's who's uh, affiliated with the law at all here. This, yeah, this needs to be a sleeping with the fishes match. <laughs> yes, exactly. Loser a gets cement shoes boots. match. <laughs> exactly right, Boris. Exactly right. Loser gets rolled up in a red carpet, never to be seen again. <laughs> <laughs> Loser is thrown to the Pine Barrens match. But yeah, no. I, <laughs> A bad match, but I did like the promo afterward. Kind of saved it. But yeah, two Mama Steiners out of five for those. Yep. The hardest working reporter, Mackenzie Mitchell, is with Nikita Lyons. Uh, Nikita Lyons is on crutches. Uh, she asked Lyons if she knows who attacked her. Nikita said, uh, you know, she got attacked from behind. She then informed us that the doctors gave her a 12-month time frame for t- returning, but she's going to come back before that. She said she doesn't know who attacked her because, uh, again, she was clipped from behind. Tiffany Stratton shows up and said that, that people should be talking about the center of the universe. I wonder how Toronto figured in this promo, but sure. Uh, Nikita huh. said Tiffany is sus. I cannot believe I actually use the words or the word sus in a podcast, but here we are. Uh, Tiffany denied being the attacker because she said if she did attack Nikita, she would be out over 12 months. Yeah, Boris, well, Nikita's trying to get the kids in 2019 by by using uh, words that they said three years ago. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, that, yeah, you know <laughs> You, good good idea to remind people that Nikita Lyons exists, although good heavens, who could forget? Uh, yes, Nikita, Mackenzie Mitchell, and Tiffany Stratton all here cutting this promo. Boris, I'm surprised you lived through it. <laughs> but no, um, good stuff. Good, good stuff. Remember, reminding us that Tiffany Stratton is indeed a bitch, and though she did not attack Nikita Lyons, this is a 12-month story, and she hates her anyway. So it was, it was fun. I liked it. Ivy Nile was psyching Tatum Pax Tatum Paxley backstage. She looked nervous. Nile told Paxley not to listen to Isla Dawn and that she will always have Paxley's back. Paxley continued to look nervous and she stares long into the diamond mine flag before they walk away. Oh, is Mama Shango about to convert another one? She already turned Alba Fireheel, and now she's going to turn Tatum Paxley heel. Tatum Paxley's going to join the evil girl group. I kind of like it. Goth Tatum Paxley, let's go. Trick Williams was recovering in the trainer's room. Carmelo Hayes shows up and congratulated Trick for having a good match against Elia. Tyler Bate shows up. He also congratulated Trick. Bate gave Trick an idiom about trees and how they lead to strength. Mello introduced himself to Bate and said, I am him. Trick and Mello left the trainer's room. 
fun mix here. Tyler Bate, down to earth, the least bombastic pro wrestler there ever was, a Zen master. He's talking about trees and wilderness. And Carmelo Hayes, the most in your face, the most absolutely flamboyant, cocky, arrogant. He is him in all caps. So I I like this dichotomy of characters, and that sets up a match next week. Carmelo Hayes versus Tyler Bate. Hook it to my veins. We have two matches next week that I can't wait to see. Yeah, uh, to say the least. Like Next week looks like a really strong show. Alba Fire versus Ivy Nile. All right, so this match, Nile controlled the first half. Nile looked really good in this match. Um, Isla Dawn tried to interfere a couple times. Fire escapes a body slam. Nile reversed a gory bomb into a roll-up for a two-count. Nile put Fire in a dragon sleeper, but Dawn got on the apron again. This time did cause a distraction. Nile accidentally walked into Paxley, who was also on the apron. Fire hit Nile with a super kick gory bomb combo for the win in three minutes, two seconds. Yeah, not a lot to it, but again, storyline being advanced here. Alba Fire wins. She deserved to win this match, and it turns out that her new heel allegiance is it's working out for her. So obviously, she's going to stick with, uh, you know, Mama Shango and, uh, and crew. So Ivy Nile loses by knocking her partner off the apron now there's dissension there and the wicked witches are trying to recruit paxton the partner who is knocked off the apron it's very it's pro wrestling 101 but you know they've been doing this stuff for 30 50 60 years and it works it works the show cuts a kiana james and her busty secretary at her, in her office she had the nxt women's tag team title set up on her desk fallon henley arrives to apologize but James said uh, James, but said James should have told her about this Zach character being her brother. James said she just wanted to test Henley's trust. Henley said she agrees and apologizes. James accepts. James brought up Henley potentially being jealous. Henley denied it. James told Henley to accept that she has Jensen's best interests in her mind. Yeah, there was a line. Did you catch the line? Because I can't be bothered to care about it anymore. But no, I don't either. Okay. <laughs> Vamp for one minute. Okay, yes, yeah. Uh, well, one thing I will say is the previous match, we're going to give two Papa Steiners out of five to. I, I forgot to rate that one. Alba Fire versus Ivy Nile. Below the Mendoza line, three-minute match. But it was inoffensive professional wrestling. So, yeah, at the end of this promo, there was a hint that maybe – Kian is lying about exactly who this Zach is. Uh, no, I, I don't. I didn't write it down. I looked. Okay, but yeah. So we are we are to believe that uh, there was there was a line here where Fallon was like, "Huh? Who?" And it was just like, "Yeah." So Kiana James, maybe she's lying about exactly who Zach is. Maybe there are two Zachs. I don't know, but I, I think we are to believe that this story is not quite over. Uh, there there is more to come. The hardest working reporter in all of professional wrestling, Mackenzie Mitchell, is with Wesley. Uh, she talks and asks Lee about his plans for Roadblock and entering L.A. as champion in Stand and Deliver. Lee said he's going to do another open challenge first, and his mind's focused on that. Mackenzie said that puts Lee at a disadvantage, and she wondered why. Lee said that's just who he is, and he high-fives Mackenzie Mitchell. Uh, uh, again, another small, small, tiny note. 
I, that's just who I am, and then walk away. Well, who are you? Are you you're wacky? You're I I don't understand what that line means. That's just what I do. Same exact same exact cadence, same exact time frame, but I understand it better. So that's I I'm just trying to I'm just pitching for a job with WWE at this point. Hire me, Shawn Michaels. I will help punch up your scripts. Yeah. I just I hit record already. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, this is like so out of context, which is like the funniest part. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, for a, a quick look behind the curtain, we actually had to stop at that exact moment. Boris had some things, something happening. So he was like, "So what do we have left?" So I was like, "Oh, just uh, sell the Shawn Michaels joke. I just made it onto the main event, and it actually cracked him up for real." So this is good. We're, that's a good sell, buddy. Thank you. <laughs> oh my god! Like that's why I just hit record. I'm like, I I don't know how to sell a joke if it's not funny. Uh... But it was funny. It How was funny. Uh, it was funny. It was funny. Yeah. It was funny. But it just. <laughs> oh, uh, my fuck. God. Oh, my God. Good times. 45 seconds of me laughing. I am so sorry. <laughs> no, you are. You are. You got that tired laugh going on. You know, you just sometimes oh, it just hits you. Right. I am. I'm, I'm glad. I feel like you needed that laugh, buddy. I'm glad to have uh, been I, part of it. Did all right. It's time for the NXT World. No, it's the NXT Championship. It's not the World Championship. NXT Championship. Not a world title. It is just a title. Braun Breaker with two K's and a C because he's champion versus Jinder Mahal. All right. So I like you. Was very concerned that Jinder was going to win. I just had this feeling in the back of my mind, but I'm so glad they didn't end up going that route. And. I'm not going to say Jinder looked great in this match, but he is a good notch to Breaker's belt. Absolutely. You know what I would have done? Because nobody kicks out of the Coloss. It is a very protected finishing move. I'd have had him kick out of the Coloss. If you're going to do Braun Breaker versus Jinder Mahal, might as well go all the way with it. And that would have been an excellent near fall. If he would have actually, Jinder would have actually hit his finisher in the middle of the ring on Braun Breaker, I would have believed that that would have been the end of the match. And I would have said, holy shit, they're going to give the title to Jinder. And it's when like, Braun would have kicked out of it, it would have, it would have, it would have worked on me. It's like they went halfway there, right? Like by him yeah. escaping the Coloss. It's like, no. Yes. And I, but dude, that was honestly in my notes. It's like, wish he got the Coloss in. Because it's like Baron Corbin's finisher, right? Super protective. Super protective. Like, Sami Zayn kicked out of it on Raw. I think that's the second person to kick out of it outside of uh, whoever kicked out of it last WrestleMania. I actually really like that Sammy versus Baron Corbin match, too. I was I was impressed. Sammy is such a good wrestler. Oh, my God. How is he not the world champion right now? You fools. Anyway, uh, let's not do that again because that's a whole hour and a half podcast. But, yeah, I, I, again, while we're giving notes to NXT, that would be – I think this is an obvious note. He, Braun Breaker, if you're going to push him this hard, if he's going to be the number one prospect – why not have him kick out of Jinder Mahal's finisher? Why not? I know yep. it's protected, but that's why you protect finishers. So that one day, a Braun Breaker, your number one prospect, can be the man who kicks out of it, right? Like, this is what the point of wrestling is, guys. When you get a moment like Sami Zayn, pull the trigger. When you have a Braun Breaker, pull the trigger the full way. Ah! I don't know, Boris. Here's the thing also, right? Like, I, I'm finding 
every Braun Breaker match so formulaic at this point, right? Which isn't a bad thing, but at the same time, it's run its course in NXT. Um, So I think that making him face someone from the main roster, and I don't want to say struggle, but come close to losing would have been looked really, really huge, right? Like it would have been, look, I learned from last year and what I did wrong against Dolph Ziggler. I'm not going to do it again this year. A million percent agree. Um, just in in Braun's defense, he is still so new that his formulaic match doesn't bug me as much as say the Roman Reigns formula, which is like the ref bumps and the and the Guga every single time. Braun Breaker does do kind of the same thing every single time, but he's had like fifty matches, so yeah. I care. It bugs me way less. You're right. No, that's a great point that you bring up there, um, but. Yeah, so very formulaic match, right? Uh, Jinder Mahal controls, Braun Breaker powers back, Braun Breaker escapes a coloss, hits a spear, gets the one, two, three. He retains after the match. Carmelo Hayes is at the crow's nest with a mic. He's about to start talking, but the show cuts. Uh, We get a WWE on Peacock splash screen. We then see a stand and deliver uh, splash screen that gets selected. And we see Grayson Waller is in the production truck. He's he's playing. He's cosplaying as Kevin Dunn. He's continuing to taunt Shawn Michaels, the heartbreak man. Grayson Waller challenged Shawn Michaels to appear on the Waller effect at Roadblock. We're getting Shawn Michaels on TV. Man. It, last week it was like well we're considering are they kind of teasing this this week it was open they're telling us Grayson Waller might wrestle Shawn Michaels at stand and deliver that seems like the build here I still think it's going to be a champion of Michaels choosing not literally a world champion but a, a wrestler of Michaels choosing yeah because um, I think that's this is like realistically what I think is going to happen they're going to do the Waller effect and Waller is going to decimate Michaels just lay him out on the Waller effect, on the Grayson Waller effect. Oh my, that's interesting, man. That, yeah. that would be really cool. I, I I'll tell you this, I'm for the next two weeks of NXT, I am pumped. I am actually pumped. Next week's NXT has two matches that I would pay money to see. Miko's Adam uh, Satamora versus Zoe Stark. Zoe Stark is a great young wrestler, and Miko is an all-time legend. And Tyler Bate versus Carmelo Hayes. Guys, Tyler after Bate what- versus Carmelo Hayes. Well, sorry, setting up the the exclusive. <laughs> No, uh, it, it, believe me, uh, I would I would stop talking for Kelly Kincaid. But uh, yeah, no, I, two matches next week that are going to be great. I love this ending, man. They yep. keep teasing Mello versus Breaker. They keep teasing it. And as soon as it's about to happen, something gets in the way. And this time it was Grayson Waller taking over the show. So much intrigue. Good end to NXT uh, for the match itself. Braun Breaker versus Jinder Mahal. That's a that's a solid three. We're going to go three WCW 1996 Rick and Scott Steiners. Kill, just just killing Mang and the Barbarian on Nitro. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, you know what? That's a f- excellent point. It's the whole Breaker and Mayhay and Maze and Carmelo Hayes have never confronted each other yet. It's always been a distraction. Yeah, they keep doing the, like, Ginger came out that one time, and then when Mello was trying to do it, JD came out, and then this time Mello was finally going to do it, and Grayson Waller took the show over. So they, they're they they're prolonging that build in a very clever way. I like it a lot. I do, too. With that said, as I interrupted earlier, we do only have one exclusive this week. So as Matt, uh, you know, finalizes the list, checks it over twice, 
we are going to go to an ex- WWE exclusive with the NXT Tag Team Champions Gallus. And they are livid with Pretty Deadly. Guys, after what happened earlier tonight on NXT with the NXT Tag Team Champions Gallus and Pretty Deadly, I'm currently standing by on the set waiting to hopefully get a word... Give me the mic! Give me the mic! Where are the McKenzie? Pretty Deadly! That's taking the piss! You two, you've just marked your cards. We're gonna remind you whose kingdom you live in. Yeah. And that's that. <laughs> the thick Scottish accent. Wow, they mad, bro. Rightfully I like so. It. I like it, but you know what? I, you know why? I wish that was on TV. Because like you said earlier, this time Pretty Deadly got the one up on them. Like, how rare is it that when you have like a joke team like Pretty Deadly, they're taken serious and they get the one up on someone? Yeah, exactly. They needed to show more edge because they've they're becoming very silly. They're great at the goofy comedy, but they needed to show some edge. So this was the perfect time to do this, and it was well well done. And I really like that. That was one of the best digital exclusives we've heard. Yep. Also on the NXT Twitter feed, there's the picture that was just posted a little while ago, at least retweeted, uh, and it's Ilya Dragunov giving his torpedo Mo- Moscow to uh, Trick Williams, dude. Just look at this picture. It looks painful. Oh, man. Amazing. Yeah, I'm definitely going to go find that. We should link that uh, to put that on the thread uh, on Facebook where we post this and on Twitter, too, when we post this. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to I'm going to do you one better while we. uh... Ah, It's going to should work. Boom. Is that going to work? Oh, you can throw it up on the screen there. Throw it up on the screen. All right. So, yeah. Uh, you'll see that in a second, but, uh, yeah, man, it's, uh, I'm liking this. I'm liking, I'm liking what they're doing with Gallus. I'm liking what they're doing with these exclusive. I do wish though that they showed some of these exclusives just, just a little more, just a little more, right? Like it was just, it's just something I wish that they did. Yeah, we got to we got to put this picture. We got to attach this picture to the thread so everyone could see it. Yeah, that is just a flying headbutt. That is just insane. And look at like just the impact. Like Elia's face just looks scrunched up. Trick Williams just looked like he's praying to God, like he's not going to end up with a concussion. This is a great <laughs> picture. Uh, yeah, that that is an action shot to end all action shots. Yeah, we got it. You you will see it. Just go to NXT's or Elia Dragunov's Twitter or NXT's Twitter because NXT has retweeted it. It is a heck of a picture. We're gonna we gotta start doing these on YouTube, buddy. I know, right? We really do. We really do. All right, so three stars. Estrellas tres. Estrella la tercera. (laughs) I love it so much. That is the official branding. You have to say it every week. Uh, Tied for the third star, pretty deadly. We just talked about them, sang their praises. They needed to show this edge. So we're going to give them each half of a bronze medal. They're going to share the podium on the third star. What was that, uh, like Layla and uh, what was that, uh, splitting up the women's title? Oh, yeah, yeah. Lay Cool, Layla and Michelle McCool. Yes. All right, let's go to the second star, or Estrella Segunda. (laughs) Yes, a Braun Breaker. 
world champion of NXT, not world champion of NXT, just a champion of NXT, but defeated Jinder Mahal. It was scary for a second. Would have been a lot scarier if they actually let him kick out of Ginger's finish. But alas, the second star of the show, Braun Breaker, defending his title in the main event. All right. No, that's a great call there. I really like that match overall. And you know what? I kind of like Ginger in in NXT, especially with Indusher. I kind of like that dynamic they have. Anyways, let's go to the first star or Estrella Primera. Yes, the Estrella Primera of this episode, Boris. It was Ilya Dragunov, your boy, king of the flying headbutt, king of the torpedo Moscow. It's rude to say this, but he dragged Trick Williams kicking and screaming to the best match of Trick's career. Uh, bless Trick Williams on the microphone. Bless Ilya Dragunov in the ring. Uh, that was the best thing on this NXT. And uh, actually, no, it was probably a tag team match, but still, Ilya Dragunov is the biggest star. Uh, anyway, we're in a great spot with NXT right now, man. Next week is going to be awesome. The week after that is NXT Roadblock, and then we are on the road to stand and deliver. Yep, dude, I'm really looking forward to the next few weeks. And, you know, March is just going to just go flying by as we do get on the road to stand and deliver. Uh, so that's everything happening here on NXT Talk Keep it locked here on Sunday Night's Main Event because we have tons of shows coming at you. We have all of our regular wrestling shows just like uh, Tuesday Morning Cooked, NXT Talk, Bam Weekly. We even got some old effery with All Elite Weekly as Dan and Joe talk all things Dynamites. We also have the Smack Daddies talking Smackdown, the Rampage Rambo. Uh, and so much more including pop culture shows, the Godfather podcasting with excellent excellent guests each and every single week uh, we have the it's canon podcast where me and a bunch of buddies just love geeking out talking what we watch what we play and what we are reading every single week so much so much so much here got dark dark elevation reviews with a bit of a twist a bit of a tang and i really enjoyed those so much going on here on snme radio keep it locked in uh, we thank you so much. But, Matt, before we go, I have to ask, what are you thinking is going to be Tony Khan's announcement tonight? Oh, true. Uh, I do think it's going to be – I think it's going to be a reality show, AEW Collision. I think that's going to be like their F1-style reality show look behind the scenes. I bet – I bet you it might also be a video game announcement, a video game release date. Those are my is, two guesses. But I, I, if if I had to if I had to guess one, new AEW reality show called AEW Collision. I'm on the same boat with you, and I don't think that's worthy of getting people hyped on Twitter for almost a week for. But that's the Tony Khan way, I guess, right? Well, honestly, I think Tony Khan's on tilt right now. I think WWE is hot, AEW is cold, and he's out here on Twitter taking shots at Ariel Holwani instead of enjoying his money in life. So, yeah, I think Tony Khan's on tilt right now, and I think that's why he's uh, doing this. He's Matt. I'm Boris. Till next time, stay tranquilo. Yeah, yeah, yeah.